Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I'm a father of what? I got to find a babysitter. I found Care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your child care necessities, check out Care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your child care needs. All right, everybody, welcome back into another live edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. I am Mike Cadlick with Andy Hart, Andy Jumbo Hart in the top corner. And you will see here now with some blaring music down in Frisco, Texas, <laughs> a WEEI alumni in Kyrie Thompson, now with WBUR down, like I said, in Frisco at the East West Shrine Bowl, uh, here to give us some you know quick hit thoughts on what the heck's going down there. So Kyrie, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Bear with me for the music. I was just trying to find as quick a place as I could get to so that we could talk about this stuff. I'm right down the street from the Star, the indoor facility where Shrine Bowl practices have been taking place. It's it's really cool. I would recommend it. If there are mm-hmm. any other um, you know events down here, if they if they do the Shrine Bowl here in the future, come down and give this a shot. It's a good it's a good joint. Awesome. So, Kyrie, the uh, the Shrine Bowl itself, I've never actually attended. Um, and I'm just wondering, sort of paint a picture in terms of media, prospects, access, just a, a general overview of what a, a day in the practice field of uh, the Shrine Bowl is like. So it's it's definitely less involved than I would say, you know, maybe the, the, the Senior Bowl. It's a little bit of a bigger production. Um, there's a decent amount of media, but really mostly what you see there, at least from what I can see, are scouts agents, team personnel. There are a lot of people there to check out the, these players. And, you know, the guys that you see down here at the Shrine Bowl aren't, most of them probably aren't going to be first round picks. They're going to be guys that you get on day two and day three. Some of them will be undrafted free agents. Some of them might play in the CFL or the, you know, the whatever the new league that the Rock just put together <laughs> or what have you. But I, I tell you what, man, the vibe here is just pe- people who are just junkies for football. Like, I, I got to gotta say it. I mean, this isn't like the Combine where it's only the select few, the stars of the stars, or like the guys that they think are going to make waves and headlines. It's people out there scrapping and competing and, and guys and team personnel that are here trying to teach these young fellas how to get better, try to get them noticed. It is, it is a, a kind of pure football environment. And the fun thing about it, too, 
is that unlike most of our training camp practices that we go to or, you know, senior bowls or, you know, what, what have you, we get to be on the field with these guys on the sidelines up close and personal scouting them. And when they come off the field, you can just grab one of them and be like, Hey, can I get you for a second before you go back to the locker room and, and talk to any of these guys that you want? It is in terms of media access, it doesn't get better or more accessible than this. So you mentioned, you know, like how it's, you know, maybe some later round picks guys who might not get noticed. Like, you know, they kind of, you know, call it obviously, Sounds like they call it the Shrine Bowl for a reason, kind of putting a shine on some guys that uh, shine, shrine, whatever you want to call it, that uh, don't get as much, um, I guess, attention. That was as... a heart attempt at a dad joke. I really appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Seriously. I'm, I'm rubbing sure off you... on him. It's not great. You don't miss those at all. Um, but, you know, guys like – and I, I'm sort of trying to liken it to last year because the Patriots were there, so we kind of paid attention more. I kind of – at least, you know, in my draft prep last season, felt like I got a decent feel for the guys there. But, you know, there was also like a Zay Flowers, who was the top prospect there. And the Patriots ended up getting Mario Douglas out of it. And so, wow, that is really bumping now, huh? I know, it's bumping, yeah. I like it. All right, so Zay Flowers, first-round pick. Uh, Demario Douglas, Patriots get. But I'm curious, before yep. we get into, like, Patriots fits, and yeah. you know, people who could be a potential Patriots, just who are like the top prospects at this bowl that you know we should really get to know? Like my mind goes to Mahogany from BC, but you know who else is out we there? We're gonna that, talk about him. Yeah, let's we, like, give us like the top couple, you know, dominant prospects out there. So let let me first talk about kind of generally position groups: wide receiver, interior offensive line. A lot of really good prospects coming out of there, I would say. And in, in the wide receiver group, I mean, Malik Washington. Actually, you got two Washingtons there, the Washington twins. They're not actually twins. Uh, but Malik Washington, I mean, he wears number four. He dominates. I mean, he's he would kind of be like this year's Zay Flowers. And again, he's kind of a you know shorter guy, just a touch over 5'8", but he's kind of compact. He's stocky. He moves smoothly. He's not quite as frenetic and as, as Zay, but he's smooth. He's a technician. It's hard to cover that guy. He's tough. I really love his game. I would say that among the offensive players, like that, that's probably one of my top two or three players that have been here. I think he's got a case to be the, the best, one of the best players that have been here, period. Um, and then Christian Mahogany is definitely one of those guys. Honestly, on the interior offensive line, there are a bunch of studs here. There are a couple of solid tackles. I think Walter Rouse is pretty good. But I'll tell you what, man, Mahogany has been out here just straight moving people off the line of scrimmage. Um, there are also a couple of interesting centers, like Hunter um, Hunter Norads from uh, Penn State. He's been looking really good, really athletic out in space. Um, I, I think that if you want a guy in the later rounds in the interior offensive line, this is going to be a great place to potentially find somebody really impressed. And also on the defensive line, there are some absolute beasts that are out here. My goodness. Uh, you've got, you got a couple of guys. So like Florida state UCLA. So Grayson Murphy from USC uh, from UCLA has been standing out to me. Uh, Fabian Lovett from Florida state has just been an absolute destroyer. I mean, the first two days in particular when they were in pads, I mean, the guy felt unblockable. Um, Christian Boyd from Kansas State is insanely powerful. I mean, every time he comes up and hits one of the offensive linemen in one-on-ones, in -on you see their heads snap back, just jolt back. 
Like they're just like, oh, uh, okay, so that just happened. Now I need to find a way to still win this rep. And he's a two gapper as well. He's he's a big stout guy that is difficult to move. You can see him in some of these double team drills. They are fighting like all hell to contain this one guy. Um, so I think that if you want interior guys in the trenches up front, you want to be here. And wide receiver, I mean, I, I think this year's class might be more well-rounded than last year's was where it was kind of zay flowers and a couple of guys that were like eh, you know could be good taj washington right. has been good he's he's definitely quick shifty difficult to cover and been making some downfield plays as well i feel like some of these smaller slot guys you think of them like eh, you know you basically got to get it to them over the middle on some crossers and that's it they're going down the field and they are making plays against contested coverage Tightly contested coverage. And then you also got some longer, lankier receiver prospects. Josh Cephas from uh, UTSA is one guy that stands out to me, kind of silky smooth. So I think that you could definitely find some playmakers out here. The running backs are a little bit more underrated, but I would say Jabari Small from Tennessee popped out to me as somebody who was looking explosive today as well. So you mentioned the wide receivers. Um, obviously, the lead talking point in New England these days is quarterbacks. Um, and I think some people are even interested in maybe the old Washington, then Redskins slash Commanders double dip. So, I, you know, I, just because there's no elite quarterbacks there, I don't think we should ignore the position. And one guy that I'm intrigued by, I know he's not practicing, was maybe one of the biggest stories in college yeah. football this year, Jordan Travis, who yep. sort of changed the complexion of the college football playoff and everything with his injury. Have you run across him? Like, what's what's his situation in there? And, and what is what is he there to do this week? So we haven't seen a whole lot of him. Um, I, I think I, I did see him yesterday on the sidelines briefly. Um, but obviously, he suffered a pretty gruesome leg injury. He looked like he's walking around. You know, okay, he got that worked on. Um, but he sounds like a guy that could probably, uh, given when the injury happened, if he recovers just fine, um, he's probably a guy who, who can get off like the pup list or something like that this year and he could mm -hmm. you know potentially start practicing and getting his legs under him of course you might just get the medical red shirt and then and then you go from there um but i i think teams are very intrigued by him i i've heard of at least one team that is considering him kind of later on in in say like round four or five and could view him mm -hmm. as a potential steal as as a developmental backup option um i would say that the quarterbacks by and large uh, you know, as a group, haven't been that impressive. But one guy that I have liked, there are a couple guys that I've liked. I've liked John Reese Plumley. He's had a nice deep ball uh, connection with a couple of these guys. And uh, Plumley's coming out of UCF. Um, so I would say, like, if you want somebody who's a little bit more like gunslingerish, you could go from there. But I think the best quarterback by far, any of, of all of these, has been Austin Reed out of Western Kentucky. Just really efficient. Really, no bad decisions that I've seen. He's been able to hit the intermediates and uh, you know test the deep part of the field as well. But just generally looking like pretty surgical out here. I think a lot of these other guys like Keaton Slovis uh, from uh, yeah, I love so Keaton he, Slovis at USC. Yeah, he had <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah, it was it was <laughs> not good. He he he, he was airmailing people. He had at least one pick Jeez. that he should have thrown in the red zone today, had a red zone interception for a pick six yesterday. Not not a great look for him. Um, and then, of course, there's, there's Talia Tungavailoa, who's here, who mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I think he's been he's been OK, but he does, not necessarily standing out. He's not as big as Tua, um, but but I think he's got um, a little bit of that field general sort of feel that Tua has. Um, and his arm is decent. I would say it's probably a little bit better than Tua's. 
Um, but that's more or less the kind of player that you're getting. I could see him being a camp arm. But I would say that if you're looking for anybody to potentially be a developmental option, I'm looking at Austin Reed, Western Kentucky. Love it. All right, glad. I'm, uh, I'm going to put that on my list that I post on the website <laughs> later from, from just spin off this podcast. No Keaton Slovis. That was going to be my next question. I'm sorry, man. My, I know. He was my guy at USC. He went to Pitt. He went to BYN. Whatever. All right. Well, let's move on from the quarterbacks then. One guy, um, and I saw you you throw up a tweet on him uh, the other day with you know a highlight from him, is Frank Gore Jr., I'm curious about him because I look at the Patriots and sort of trying to get into some Patriots fits here. Running back, you have Ramondre, but Zeke's not under contract. Kevin Harris has kind of been in and out. So the Patriots are going to need to address, you know, running back, whether it's through the draft or free agency. So specifically on Frank Gore Jr., what do you make of him? And then also just, you know, the running backs in general down there. Let's go. Um, not not overly spectacular. Um, okay. he's, he's a little bit smaller and shorter than than uh, Frank Gore Sr., who was there actually on the first day. Um, that was kind of fun watching him chop it up. And, and oh, my God, I was standing near him while he was <laughs> he was talking about kind of the state of running backs in today's game. Some of the wars that he had with guys where it's like you think about Frank Gore, you don't think about him as feeling any pain. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. uh, but th- but this guy was talking about it's like, oh, yeah, like, man, when so and so hit me, it's just like my ribs could feel it. And I was just like <laughs> sore the next day. I'm like, dang. Someone actually could hurt Frank Gore. That's crazy. <laughs> but in terms of, of Frank Gore Jr., yeah. um, he's, he's kind of – he runs very similarly, uh, kind of squat low to the ground, you know, kind of a churn and burn kind of guy, but you don't see a ton of explosion out of him. Um, I figure he should be able to he, – he, he's catching the ball. He can catch the football out of the backfield. Um, he can pass protect. He can kind of do all those things, that like the little things that you want. Um, but he's probably going to be a guy who's going to – you know, flit around a little bit on some rosters. And I, I don't know how much burn he'll get. But then again, I think people thought the same thing about Frank Gore. He ended up being one of the greatest running backs of all yeah. time. So, I mean, you never want to count guys out. In terms of the running back position, I feel like that's a position that I've grown more interested in as time has gone on. Because I remember thinking at the first couple of days of padded practices, wasn't overly impressed. But like I said, I think Jabari Small really started to step up for me. Another guy that I thought popped today was Blake Watson out of Memphis. He was looking fast out there, um, you know, make, making, you know, getting out in open space, you know, kind of, uh, you know, running away from some angles, catch, again, catching the ball. I think that's one common thing that I've seen from a bunch of guys is, is catching the ball out of the backfield pretty well. Um, another interesting guy is Carson Steele out of UCLA. So, he, he's a guy that actually there's some metrics, there's some tracking metrics that, that people have on here uh, where you can look at max speed and, and uh, you know, acceleration, deceleration mm-hmm. and stuff. Carson Steele at one point was, had the top speed of any offensive player on the first day of Shrine Bowl practice. He was definitely he was getting it moving. And again, he's he's one of those really fundamental guys who can do everything that you ask of him. And you can just tell he's going to be a special teamer. He, he, he talked. I talked about it with him actually. I grabbed him uh, for a quick interview, and he was talking about, "Oh yeah, you know, I played linebacker back in high school. I played a little bit of gunner in college. Um, I'm willing to go out and tackle people." And so I think that that's a kind of guy that I could I could see being a late round developmental guy who's just going to come in, play some good special teams. And then you never know, man. Sometimes that's how you get onto the football yep. field. 
We probably buried the lead here a little bit. Uh, what have you seen in terms of Patriots logos, personnel, scouts, coaches? I don't even know who's coaching for them or who's scouting for them, but what have you seen any logos? Yes. I, I have not seen too many Patriots logos out here. Uh, unlike last year, where obviously their coaching staff was the one that was here. Um, so the, the main coaching staff that I've seen here, um, so I've seen a bunch of Chicago Bears. I've seen some Washington Commanders. I've seen some New York Giants. I'm sure there are Patriots people here. Do not get me wrong. They might be operating more in the shadows, um, you know, as as they typically do at some of these events. They don't want to be seen. You know, they don't want to don't want to know, uh, you know, who who they're looking at. Um, but I mean, look, whether they're whether they are obvious or not, because I do know that there are some general managers and some scouts from pretty much every team out here. Um, there are definitely going to be some prospects that they are going to be interested in, no doubt. All right. Uh, too bad. I, I was I was hoping to get a, a scoop there saying X, Y, or Z from the Patriots was down there. That would have been nice. But uh, oh, no. I was looking. I was looking. <laughs> I'm don't, glad. Don't worry. I, I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't see anybody specific. But you know, I'll I'll still have my eyes peeled. Don't right. you? We still got boots on the ground just in case. So. Uh, we talked offense, we talked running back, wide receiver, uh, two defenders, you know, not being there, but from sort of the 30,000 foot view that I've taken of this bowl so far that I want to get your thoughts on. And one of them you tweeted about was Mo Kamara from Colorado State defensive lineman. And then I saw your eyes light up. So I want to hear what you think about him because the Patriots, again, their defense is in a good spot, but they obviously still need to fill out some things. And I think depending on, you know, where the defensive end position goes and Matthew Judon's contract and things like that, they might want to fill that out. So thoughts on Mo Kamara. And then the other one I'm, I'm curious about because it's the one guy from Canada from the Toronto Argonauts is was it Qu Quintez Stiggers? Is that Quintez Stiggers? Okay, you, you're so you're you're you guys. Yeah, my guy, my guy. Right, now, good. okay, let's let's start with Mo Camara okay. because I think yesterday, like I, the the thing that I tweeted out was literally unblockable. Yes, in past pro drills, he is he's just so smart with the way that that he that he uses his hands and the way that he counters on on offensive linemen and there are some pretty solid ones like Walter Rouse from like Oklahoma you know should should be I see somebody asking about uh, late round OTs I could see eh, he might be more of a like a day two guy or like a high day three guy being Rouse but I mean like he was Kamara was giving everybody the work um, and then on top of that, it wasn't even just the pass rush drills in team drills. Oh, God, he threw a tight end into the background and uh, in, into the backfield and grabbed a, a TFL, uh, you know, two yards deep. And it's just like he, he's doing it all out here. I think that's a guy that if you want him, I mean, it, I think some of it will depend on testing. But if you want him, you're you, you better do it before the third round, because I don't I don't think anybody's going to let that guy you know, go too far. In, into into the day three if if that even happens because right. he's just a sound player and he's doing it for it from a complete perspective um Quantes stiggers is an incredible story so for, for those of you who don't know so he's the canada guy mm -hmm. um he did not play college football at all uh he is you know he was the cfl rookie of the year last year so he was at one point going to play uh, at Lane College. He, he had been recruited there. He'd, he'd signed on, um, but he had, uh, you know, his father was in a really terrible car accident, um, left him paralyzed, and then his father passed away. And, uh, you know, he went into a depression and, and gave up football. You know, gave, you know, he dropped out of school, and his mother uh, encouraged him to get back into it. And so he, he trained, got on with the C, you know, in the CFL with the Toronto Argonauts, and became the CFL Rookie of the Year. And he's here, and he's been 
popping. I mean, he he's been he's been a tough cover just in everybody's hip pockets and one-on-ones. And then in the team drills, I mean, that's the thing that, that fascinates you. It's great when you do it in one-on-ones, especially as a DB, because that's a tough environment for you to win in. But he had a huge pass breakup over the middle on one of the receivers I really like, Josh Cephas. Went up, knocks it away at the last second. He had one today on a deep ball down the sideline. Again, staying with a with a pretty good receiver over there in, in, in Bub Means. And again, just just late hands, last minute knocks it away. He's, made, he's been he? making a play constantly, so he's not the biggest guy. Okay, I'd get I'd give him five eleven, okay. uh, you know, some somewhere around there, um, probably five eleven, hundred eighty five, maybe hundred ninety. But he's he's not he's not small. He's not a shrimp. He's actually pretty well built, especially in the lower body, I would say. Um, and yeah, he's he's just tough, man. He he just he plays out there like a guy who's played pro ball, right? It, it, yeah, it's, you know, people say, yeah, it's a CFL, but I mean, he's played professional football against some really talented mm-hmm. guys. And you can tell when he's out there, he's one of the better players in the secondary every time. So Kyrie, it's interesting. You brought up special teams a little bit earlier. I want to ask you about one guy in particular, and then I want to ask just a general question because it feels like the vibe you're painting is this might be a big group of athletes with a chip on their shoulder, something to prove they're not at the senior mm-hmm. bowl. They're not at the combine. Like mm-hmm. there's, that scrappy yeah. tone that you're kind of seemingly mm-hmm. painting a lot of these guys with. Well, one guy I'm interested in specifically before you get to that is Isaiah Williams, wide receiver out of Illinois. Oh, yeah. Um, he seems like a guy that maybe is one of the higher tier type prospects that are in town there. So give me a little something on him and then tell me some scrappy names that I could be looking at as I know Bill Belichick's gone, but Bill Belichick type versatile special team scrappy guys. Of course. Why not? Absolutely. <laughs> So I actually grabbed a little bit of I grabbed Isaiah Williams for a couple minutes where they stole him away from me and whisked him back <laughs> to the locker room. But I feel like today, especially, and, and I, I know he, he made, he's made some plays over the past couple of days, but today felt like a day where he really started standing out from the moment they were even doing receiver drills, just the fluidity that he moves in and out of breaks with good quickness and physical at the top of routes. He's not the biggest guy in the world. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll give him, I, I don't know his measurements. I'm sure I could go find it on the Shrine Bowl site, but I would give him like five, nine, maybe five, 10. And, you know, again, that 180 range, but there are some big DBs out here, big dudes. And at the top of the route, he's, he's, you know, creating space, disengaging, making some tough grabs. And then look over the middle, he's been tough. He, goes and tracks the ball very well. He could track the ball down the sidelines, make, make some nice plays as well. So I, I think he's just been finding ways to get open by hook or by crook. And one thing that I talked about with him uh, is, is just like what, what fundamentally has been your focus? And he talked about, um, you know, cutting down on his splits or, you know, kind of understanding the NFL splits versus college splits. And mm-hmm. I think you can, you can see the way that he's mentally manipulating some of that space in a different way, learning how to do it on the fly. I'm really impressed with what he's been doing. I think that that could absolutely be sort of a, you know, mid round sort of receiver that could become you know, your, one of your next Patriots slot guys, um, nice. you know, good, good little juice to that in terms of, um, you know, some of these other guys, one, one guy that I, I've found that I really enjoy. His name is Dadrian Taylor Demerson. He is, uh, you know, out of Texas tech cornerback, but he's playing a bit of everything. And, uh, you know, he, he played he played a lot of safety yesterday, he played some nickel corner. He said that coaches have really been trying to emphasize him playing the nickel position because that's where they see him being a good fit at the next level. 
But, I mean, they call him Rabbit. I mean, he is literally always bouncing around. He's always chirping. Uh, he's always active. He had himself a pick six yesterday in practice. And, and again, he's just, he's just scrappy, man. Like, for example, he's one of the few guys that I have seen this entire time who's actually won a battle with Malik Washington in the slot. And, and I think that he's absolutely that kind of do-everything guy. He's smart. He's one of the loudest communicators out there. He knows where everybody is supposed to be. He wants to make sure everybody is on the same page. I think some team, I, I think he would fit in so well with New England. I feel like Gerard Mayo, like it, they have a chance of really loving that guy. It, it, it's, it, it's kind of like if you were to grab sort of like a, a louder version of Miles Bryant with a little bit more upside. All right. I like it. All right. Before we let you go, Andy, I have one question that's non-Shrine Bowl related for Kyrie, but I want to make sure you get all your Shrine Bowl questions in if you have them. No, I'm good. And now I'm intrigued by what this random personal well, question is. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a football question. It's okay, just not okay. a Shrine Bowl question. And it's NFL related because Kyrie's a Bears guy. A there Bears you go. Fan, I knew it was coming. I Chicago. felt it. I felt it. Yes, of course. And so Patriots, Bears, top of the draft, Justin Fields, Drake May, Caleb Williams, Matt Jones, all of this. I want to get yep. your thoughts on the entire situation. We saw the Bears tweet the JF1 tweet the other day, and everyone went crazy thinking that they're going to pack Fields. Yeah. Um, what do you think is going to happen at the top of this draft? And also, what do you think should happen at the top of this draft for both teams, Patriots and Bears, at the quarterback position? Well, I think the answers are related. And I okay. think that what the Bears will do and what they should do is draft Caleb Williams and trade Justin Fields. I think if you're – and it's tough for me to say that because I'm somebody who still does believe that Justin Fields will get better and that mm -hmm. even if the stat line wasn't improving, his actual play and processing was improving as he kind of earned – gained more trust in, in DJ Moore and some of the guys he was throwing to. I feel like that was just absent earlier in the year. They were asking him to do things that, I mean, they were not equipped to do and that weren't his strengths, and it showed – but I think it got better later on. That said, I feel like, and this is something I did a little bit, watching Caleb Williams' best games from college and watching Justin Fields' best games from college. They, are bo they both were highly productive players, but if you're looking for the guy who's more of the pure passer, it's Caleb Williams. Um, he is going to be the guy that is going to you know, run, run and scramble and stuff to, to throw, as opposed to a guy who's actively looking to hurt you with their legs the way that Justin Fields does. That doesn't mean that Justin Fields can't pass the ball because he can. I mean, he always could, but they're, they're different types of players. So it's, in, again, not equating skill levels at all, but it's kind of like the Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson debate. You know, which one do you want? And I think that a lot of people would say that they want the guy who's going to throw the ball more, throw for more yards. Um, so I think that's what the Bears will and should do. As much as it pains me to say it, I hope Justin Fields goes to some place that coaches him better because I think that was a huge, huge, huge issue for the Chicago Bears. Um, same thing with with the the Patriots. I think that they will and should draft a quarterback. It really just depends on which one is available. Um, is there a swap here between Jaden Daniels and Drake May where Jaden Daniels goes number two and Drake May is available at number three? Or if Drake May goes number two, what do you do? Do you, do you grab Jaden Daniels? I personally would. Um, I, I think that um, he's, again, I was talking to somebody about this earlier. Yeah, he was kind of a one, one read and run quarterback. But the thing is, if you lean into that as a rookie, you can work with that while you build up the rest of the skills. Part of the problem 
is when people take guys and it's like, I'm going to make you play my system. I'm going to make you play the way I want you to play instead of creating a system in which they can play the way that they can play the way that's good for them. And then you build off of that. Um, it's really unfortunate to see the way Mac Jones was handled because yeah, you can look at it and say he wasn't the most talented guy. And maybe this was always going to be the course of his career trending towards a backup, but to see him succeed as a rookie. And then you yank that entire foundation out from underneath him. And it all just goes to hell. It's really unfortunate to watch. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I just would say that, you know, these, these three teams at the top of the draft are all going to have different offensive coaches than they did in you know in last year and the years previous and you just hope that whomever those coaches are they lean into the skills of the player versus trying to run a system and make you run that system because college quarterbacks are just different now than they used to be they're you know they're, they're coming in with different bases different offenses that they run they're out of shotgun all the time they don't run they don't they don't play under center nearly as much right they have a mobile element to their game, and that's good. Okay, we should be leaning into that kind of thing. Um, but I, I just really hope that it works out a little bit better uh, for whomever these guys should be. I think that all top three teams should be drafting quarterbacks. I will say this, and you know, this is this is stuff that is kind of behind the scenes ish, um, yeah. and and you don't know how to, you don't know how much of it is true or how much of it you know the Bears will consider. People haven't said that Caleb Williams is a bad guy or a locker room cancer or mm -hmm. anything like that. But kind of what you hear about him is that people who are kind of football-y and very much like they want a guy to be like thoroughly like unselfish and thoroughly like, uh, you know, kind of football hardo, you know, to, you know, I had to drop that in their heart. I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> might not get off that Andy vibe. Ford. He's off Andy yeah, Ford. Yeah, but it was like they might not get that vibe from Caleb Williams. Some people might be more like, you know what, I could work with that. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But if for whatever reason the Chicago Bears decide that he's not the guy that they want to trust, and that they either go in a different direction with quarterback or they keep Justin Fields. That could present a really interesting opportunity because the idea that you could get him at two or three, that could be a massive, massive steal. Because say whatever you want about Caleb Williams, you know, in, in, in terms of what you might think of him as a person, the guy's a tremendous football player and the value would be insane if he could be if he could be had at a, at a later pick or if you could move up to get him. Um I don't know that the Patriots should be looking to do something like that because they've got a lot of issues. And right. if, if the Chicago, if the Chicago bears were to trade that pick, even if it's moving up two spots, you better believe they're not just going to accept two second rounders. They are going to want a future first and they're going to want one of your players. So just be prepared for that. All right. Well, Andy, anything else for Kyrie before we get him out of here? No, I was just going to say in, re in relation, I love the Hardo angle, but um, the reality of football and certainly quarterbacks and wide receivers, I think Hardos are a thing of the past. If you can't deal with NIL, transfer, portal, diva players, you probably shouldn't be involved in professional football because I think a lot of them are coming through the pipeline. And that doesn't mean they're bad people just because they have brands and marketing people and logos. Uh, if you can't, and I think that's why, there's a lot of young coaches taking over teams in the NFL because they come from yep. that world and they're expected to deal with that. And the old white dude from Nantucket might be better off 
being the old white dude from Nantucket. It, it is yeah, what it is. You, you, got, you got to find out how to communicate with this new generation of yep. players. Um, I, I think that it is at least worth something asking. And unfortunately, no, I will not be covering the Senior Bowl this week uh, myself. Uh, I have a four-year-old at home who's not feeling well, and uh, oh. her mom is probably pretty mad at me for not being back home. <laughs> get your ass home, yeah, get home. Um, but but I would say like you, you got to be able to talk with those guys and communicate with them. Yeah. You, you can't be, you know, crapping on people for being concerned about mental health and, mm-hmm. and 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 things like that. The way the way that you may be used to toughen up buttercup kind of stuff that doesn't that doesn't fly. That said, if you and, and I'm not 100 percent saying that this is the case, like people are kind of saying stuff. But, you know, maybe that's just their perception. If Caleb Williams comes off as a person who is not all about team all the time. You got to want, I mean, look, in the end, someone is going to take this man because they wanted to change the franchise. But if, if you're not sure if he's that guy who can lead your franchise, you don't want him, You don't want to take yet another guy who, you know, with, with the number one overall pick and he can't pan out because he's not built for it. You don't want that kind of thing. That said, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I would never say, because I don't know the guy. I would never sit up there and try to say that Caleb Williams isn't built for it. The guy's a tremendous player, and you hear his teammates, you know, at least publicly talk, speak very highly of him um, as a player. And you've also heard some guys that are out from the West Coast talk about, like, he treats everybody really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think that some of the character concerns are probably overblown with Caleb. I'm just saying it's one of those things where if there's a situation where Ryan Poles, for whatever reason, says, you know what? I just feel like I believe in Justin Fields and his character more, and that pick becomes available. I mean, feeding frenzy, and the Patriots could be in a yep. good position to take advantage of it if they if they so desired. It's gonna. I'd take him in a heartbeat. I was gonna say Hardo would take Caleb Williams in. Oh, I might regret wow. it, but I. But but the I thing, but I... the thing is, like, you got to swing, man. Like mm-hmm. like the pa- the Patriots, and, and and this is this is not at all offensive to you know, no offense to Tom Brady, because I mean, the guy is the greatest quarterback of all time. And and I mean, he did it all. He doesn't need any defending, but this would be the most talented quarterback prospect the Patriots have ever had. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You take him, you take him. It may not work. And in four years you may say, Oh, that sucks. We got to do it again. But at least you yeah. don't take your swing. What's Wayne Gretzky say? You miss all the yeah, shots. You, you, don't, you don't take, I will say this. And I know a lot of people have been asking me about this. I, I'm very intrigued by how Gerard Mayo wants to approach the, the, the quarterback position because say you, you could take Jaden Daniels, but I don't know, may, maybe you saw what Justin Fields did against you last year and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know, maybe I could do something with that. You're not going to have to give up a first round pick for Justin right. Fields. You know, you that that you're talking about a second, maybe two day two picks, like one one this year and, and another later on, and then you could keep that pick. You could get Justin Fields and you could give him Marvin Harrison Jr. And I will yep. say that that is one thing that when Justin Fields has a dog, they make a connection. I mean, mm-hmm. look at look at the way that he, DJ Moore had a career year with Justin Fields. So it's not like the guy can't throw the ball. It's just a matter of can you work with him in a way that gets the best out of him. So. I, I think that option is on the table. Personally, I don't know that for Tra- the Patriots. Traffic. I don't. Okay. I, I would not say that that is a guarantee. I did hear from somebody that what Justin Fields did last year did make an impression. Interesting. 
All right. Fascinating stuff. You wonder, uh, they bring in Luke Getze too for an interview. You wonder if they try and rekindle any of that. I don't I'm, know. That just, well, well, I, w- I would say yeah, I the Luke Getze thing is probably a fact-finding mission. Yeah, that's, that's what point. I would it's think It's a fact, too. like, like, hey, so what do you think about Justin Fields? Yeah. You know? I Do you think you could work with him? More than I would never, ever pair Justin Fields and Luke Getze ever again because <laughs> Luke Getze doesn't know how to coach the man. Yep, I'm with you. I agree. Well, fascinating stuff, Kyrie. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, before we get you out of here, where can everybody find you now that you're uh, no longer over at WEI but over at WBUR? Yep. What, what do you got coming well, on the pipe? I'm always, always the same. At KD Thompson 5 you can find me on Twitter, slash X, spend way too much time on there as always. <laughs> Um, I do a little bit of, bit of Bleacher Report stuff every now and again on the New England Patriots. Occasionally have uh, one of our old friends, Taylor Kyles, on with us from CLNS Media, our guy. Awesome. Um, I do uh, Believe in Network podcast with uh, former Ravens tight end Daniel Wilcox, uh, which is uh, kind of unfortunate. Last night yeah. uh, was, was very difficult to watch. Um, and then occasionally I also write about the Chicago Bears for Windy City Gridiron. So basically, what don't I do? I was going to say, he's all over the NFL. Well, thank you again for joining us. We appreciate it. Kyrie's down in Frisco, Texas for the Shrine Bowl. Uh, so make sure to follow him on Twitter and everywhere else to check out all his work on that. Uh, myself and Andy Hart will be back on Six Rings on Wednesday talking about the Senior Bowl. So make sure you tune in, rate, review, subscribe, and all that. And uh, Andy and Fitz will be back on Tuesday for their normal episode as well. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching, everybody. And uh, Make sure you follow along at Six Rings Pod on Twitter and wherever you get your podcast. So see y'all later. See Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.